1: Discover the Power Within, Unity Online Radio, The Voice of an Awakening World. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living in today's world. Here is your host, Dr. Laurel Trujillo.
2: Welcome to the Yoga Hour, where we talk about yoga in all its depth and breadth as a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, host and producer of the show. Our topic today is A Meditator's Guide to Advent. What inner meaning is there in this season of Advent that can bring richness to our yoga and meditation practice? So I'll be discussing that with founder and spiritual director of the Yoga Hour, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Yogacharya O'Brien was ordained to teach in the Kriya Yoga tradition in 1982 by her guru Roy Eugene Davis, who was a direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda. Yogacharya O'Brien is an internationally acclaimed spiritual teacher, author, poet, and she founded and is the spiritual director also for the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a Kriya Yoga meditation center with headquarters in San Jose, California. Yogacharya O'Brien has published several books, including Living the Eternal Way and The Jewel of Abundance, as well as several books of poetry, including the award-winning The Moon Reminded Me. Her newest ebook that we will be discussing today is Path of Wonder, A Meditator's Guide to Advent. Her online classes include Arta 365, Dharma 365, and Live the Eternal Way. You can find out more about all of her books and online programs at her website, EllenGraceO'Brien.com, and O'Brien, the Brian is with an A, -A B-R-I-A-N.com, and CSECenter.org. You can also follow her on social media, on Facebook, at Ellen Grace O'Brien, and on Twitter, at Live. Welcome, Yogacharya O'Brien. I'm really delighted to have you join me today on the Yoga Hour.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Trujillo, and greetings to all the Yoga Hour listeners and subscribers. I'm so happy to be with you.
2: So, before we dive into our conversation about the deeper meaning of Advent, let's dive into a yoga moment, a moment that we fill with present awareness. Aum. So let's begin just by feeling our bodies in space, whatever you're doing, feeling all of the surfaces that support you, taking that moment just to feel the ground, beneath our feet. And then turning our attention to the breath, let's just notice on our next inhale and exhale. The next inhale, feeling the cool air in the nostrils. And the next exhale, feel the warm air flowing out, letting go of anything that may have happened earlier today, letting go of any anticipation of what may happen later, let's just be here right now. And as we rest here, right where we are, here's something to contemplate taken from Paramahansa Yogananda's book, Man's Eternal Quest. And here he's talking about Jesus Christ as Christ consciousness which we'll be discussing more later on in the program. Will Jesus come again? Metaphysically, he is already omnipresent. He smiles at you through every flower. He feels his cosmic body in every speck of space. Every movement of the wind breathes the breath of Jesus. Through his oneness with the divine Christ consciousness, he is incarnate in all that lives. If you have eyes to behold, you can see him enthroned throughout creation. If you have eyes to behold, you can see him enthroned throughout creation. Oh so once again, Yoga Chario Brian, I'm really delighted to have you join me today on the yoga hour. And I've been looking forward to our conversation about the deeper symbolism of Advent from the perspective of yoga philosophy, because I know that this was one thing that was very important to Yogananda. In his teaching, he really tried to build bridges between East and West, and particularly between Christianity and yoga. So starting there, why do you think that that was so important to him? Why do you think Yogananda emphasized building these bridges between yoga and Christianity in his teachings?
1: Thank you for that uh, wonderful meditation. First, that was a lovely way to begin. Um, I think there are several reasons why Yogananda uh, offered many teachings about the harmony between East and West when we move to the mystical uh, experience of these teachings, um, you know, first and foremost, it, it was the um, mission given to him by the gurus of Kriya Yoga from Mavatar Babaji to to show this harmony between uh, the, the spiritual teachings of the East and the West to break down sectarian barriers that lead to... Um, wars and all sorts of unrest in the world and to and to bring a cosmic awareness of what the reality of God is so Uh, you know, uh, Babaji gave the directive to Yogananda's guru, Sri Yukteswar, to write the Holy science, um, which he did to show the harmony between the scriptures of the East and the West. And so Yogananda was really carrying on the work of his uh, lineage, of his tradition. And, um, you know, I'm doing the same uh, with (laughs) Uh, what I have been doing, you know, these many decades, um, and which my guru Roy Eugene Davis did as well. Um, so there was that directive um, to contribute to global harmony um, by by showing uh, at the depth you know, how there is really one reality that they're all pointing to. So there was that. And I think Yogananda's own um, deep mystical experiences um, had him share, you know, from that depth of what he knew about the Christ, about Christ consciousness Um, being that uh, reality which is found in all traditions so he was sharing from his own direct experience and all of this points to the goal of Kriya Yoga, which is self and God realization, recognizing, you know, the Christ in you, um, as the Christian scriptures say, the hope of glory. So, um, that was really the mission of Kriya Yogis as well to awaken to the omnipresent Christ, the omnipresent Krishna, you know, the Lord of Love that dwells uh, within our own hearts.
2: Mm-hmm. So you have we have this new ebook from you that was uh, released just a few weeks ago, I think. So why did you write Path of Wonder, a meditator's guide to Advent at this particular time? What was your inspiration? I mean, you've already sort of talked about it, but is there anything else? Well, it's a, it's a work that I have been doing for actually many decades.
1: You know, I've given several retreats on the theme of Advent, um, and. That began, as I mentioned, you know, as a carrying on of the work of the Gurus in in my tradition, um, making the teachings of the West, um, in a sense, metaphysically accessible to yoga students. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I've I've noticed, um, it's not always the case, but often uh, I find it fascinating that. Um, in the West, where there's largely, has been largely a Christian um, foundation for people who come to yoga teachings. That's changing now because it, in the in the West, the communities are becoming more pluralistic. But um, certainly when Yogananda came here to the United States, there was largely a Christian base that he was speaking to. And still there's a um, a, a prevalence of Christianity in our culture. So I find that uh, often people who come to yoga um, either have had some um, negative experience or disappointment or lack of fulfillment with Christianity. So they turn to the east, to the teachings of yoga to, to look for God, you know, to look for that experience of reality and they want to leave, you know, all of that behind. And, you know, we, because yoga arises out of the Vedas and Hinduism, you know, we have these symbols um, of Shiva, Krishna, uh, Lord Ganesh, (laughs) you know, Divine Mother, Saraswati, Lakshmi, you know, all of this. And I find that, for the most part, yoga students are very willing to uh, look at that, you know, and to, what do these symbols represent, you know, and how is that, how can that help my practice? And um, because there's a beginner's mind, you know, that they're coming to. And so there's this openness and receptivity. And again, not always. I can't really generalize because some people, you know, are afraid to look at those symbols. Um, But there's not the same in, in terms of the students that I've worked with. There's often not the same willingness to dive into the symbols Um, that are present in the Christian tradition there's not the same beginner's mind you know people have some baggage that they're bringing so I have long um, had this uh, mission um, to to redeem um, that doorway into the Mm -hmm. infinite because the you know Christian symbols are um, are powerful of course they're very powerful And uh, the teachings are are powerful. And so uh, I have done this work to help those who um, have left or who have no connection or who are new to the Christian tradition to be able to approach it with the same, uh, ideally, beginner's mind. Mm -hmm. And the third reason about Path of Wonder at this time is that, you know, this is the time of the global pandemic. And, uh, you know, people really need a stronger, uh, spiritual ground at this time. You know, I was thinking about it this morning. Um, we feel we have no place to go. You know, there's no place in the world that you can go that is safe <laughs> from the pandemic right now. Wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, and people are in lockdown. We're in that second wave of it. And, um, so where do we go you know, to find safety, to find solace, to find healing, to find strength? Well, we go within. And the season of Advent gives us very um, in- inspired uh, tools and meditations you know, for going in, uh, in the time of darkness, um, in the time of mystery. Uh, to find the hope that we need, the light that we need. So the timing is really perfect for us to be doing uh, this work.
2: Indeed, and I've really, really appreciated that you've created this wonderful resource for us. It's available. So in the the um, contemplation reading that I did from Yogananda, he was talking about Christ consciousness. So from a yoga perspective, can you talk more about that? What is Christ consciousness? Christ consciousness, or is it Kutasta Chaitanya? Is that right? Chaitanya, yeah. Chaitanya. Kutastha Chaitanya. Um, that is
1: really the inner self, you know, the divine self uh, that is God expressing um, within, you know, as the highest consciousness, the unchanging. You know, Kutasta is the summit, the highest consciousness. And this Kutasta Chaitanya, in the practices of yoga is associated with the um, third eye, you know, that entry point to the Christ conscious awareness, um, and that that higher uh, experience of, of the divine reality as our own essence. So this uh, kutasta consciousness is Christ consciousness, is Krishna consciousness, is Buddha consciousness, the inner consciousness of the inner self And it is an unchanging uh, state of consciousness, you know, that is beyond all manifestation, beyond all attachment. Mm,
2: Beautiful. So, in the um, in your ebook, you quote Paramahansa Yogananda, who wrote, "It is of utmost importance to all people, whatever their religion, that they experience within themselves the birth of." The Universal Christ. So this is what Advent is about. We're heading for Christmas Day, the you know the birth of Christ, um, and looking at it from this larger perspective of this birth of our our own awareness of our Christ consciousness. How can we encourage that? How can we encourage that birth? Well,
1: in Yogananda's work, of course, he was encouraging us, um, which he did with his writings um, and then his um, bringing forth of a, uh, a spiritual meditation, you know, before Christmas. He would have an extended time of meditation for people to meditate on Christ consciousness and on Lord Jesus and the teachings that he brought Um to move, you know, out of the material, um, solely material celebration and at the literal level, you know, like celebrating the birthday of Jesus and missing that the message that he brought, which was to awaken um, to the, the Christ, the realization of, of Emmanuel, God with us. You know, God within us.
2: So um, I'm not sure I answered your question, but (laughs) no (laughs) doubt. Oh, I think that's um, well, you pointed to meditation, which, as we know, is such an important part, you know, of this, well, of all of our spiritual practice, of our sadhana. So another quote from Paramahansa Yogananda he wrote, to bring divine awareness into our human consciousness, we must outgrow the limited conventional concept of Christ, which is really what we're talking about here. So, again, any tips on how we can outgrow that, that mm-hmm. limited yeah. conventional, you know, concept of Christ? And maybe particularly for people who have that, a little bit of that baggage you were, you know, you were mentioning how we can let go of that and be open to um looking at all of these symbols with a beginner's eye.
1: Yeah, out, outgrowing the limited conventional concept, you know, um, of course, is is going beyond the historical significance and also beyond the um, material um, focus. On this time. You know, many people who celebrate Christmas spend Advent, which is supposed to be the time of spiritual preparation, um, which I'll talk about in a moment, what we do to spiritually prepare, but it's supposed to be that time to spiritually prepare. And so, so many people, you know, spend that time shopping and you know planning parties and you know making it a secular celebration. So Yogananda said it's fine, you know, to have the social and the family gathering that you know celebrates this time, but it also you, you need to recognize that this is a spiritual um, experience that is that Advent and Christmas points to. And so get yourself ready for that. So in the Path of Wonder, um, you know, I have outlined several practices that we can have, you know, during this time. Um, contemplating the simples is a very rich um, way to enter the deeper significance of this time. So, you know, if you have a nativity or if you're looking at pictures and Christmas cards of the nativity scene. Is instead of looking at it as just, you know, characters in a play or part of the historical drama or part of church dogma, you can explore those pieces as aspects of yourself and of the story of the birth of the Christ consciousness in Jesus. As the story of the birth in Christ consciousness within you. So, for example, in the story you know that most are familiar with, we have the teaching that you know this Christ uh, consciousness could not uh, that in Jesus could not be. Um, there was no room for them at the inn. You know they couldn't they couldn't find shelter in the inn. So when we look at it metaphysically, the inn. Um, is understood as the restless mind. So there is no place in the restless mind for the birth of the awareness of the omnipresence of the Christ. So this is why, you know, Yogananda wanted this uh, all day meditation uh, so that we can get out of the uh, inn, which has no room, um, which is noisy and full, and you know, enter into the stable, um, in 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 a sense, into the body um, mind complex, where we can make it uh, quiet and uh, approach then this doorway uh, to the Christ consciousness. So we're going to be holding that all-day meditation at the center, and and this time uh, it will be global and it will be online on December 23rd. Um, So anyone can can join in. Uh, If you go to csccenter.org, you can find out about it, but it will be going on uh,
2: throughout the day. Absolutely. That's going to be just such a a wonderful support for this time. So in your book, you write about how Advent is imbued with a sense of faithful waiting. And certainly, you know, the weeks leading up to the birth is in, you know, Advent historically, a time of, of waiting. So what are some themes in the Christmas story about waiting? And how can we look at them from this deeper perspective, from this yoga perspective?
1: the There are a lot of um, pieces in the in the story uh, about the great mystery. You know, things are happening. Um, you know, Mary is given the announcement that her life is going to change. Things are not, you know, as she had planned that she's going to give birth to a son who will be called the you know, the the Son of God and who will be, his name will mean God, you know, with us. And, um, you know, there's these announcements that come, you know, to the shepherds, to the Kings, to Mary, to Joseph, and they're shrouded in mystery. Like, how can this be? And, uh, and the angel Gabriel of course says, well, you know, with God, all things are possible. And so, um, there's a time of just surrendering into the mystery of not knowing how it is that the will of God, the grace of God is going to unfold in their lives. And this is true in our life. And it's particularly true right now. You know, it's mysterious to us, like in these times, in these conditions, how is it that the grace of God will prevail and will reveal itself uh, in our lives. and so you know each of them is on this journey of uh, surrendered devotion, of um, contemplation, of waiting um, for the revelation um, of how it is that this grace of God will be made um, manifest. And so it for us as yogis, it points to, this idea of the journey of Advent, the journey of sadhana or spiritual practice is always this combination of um, inspired action on our part and openness to divine grace, because the ultimate revelation. Uh, spiritual revelation, the experience of kutasta Chaitanya comes through grace, but we turn ourselves um, towards that opening. You know, we meditate at the spiritual eye, um, awaiting the shining of the Christ light.
2: Mm. No, it's just really, really beautiful. So we've got about another minute and a half um, before we go to the break. Um is there another, um, you know, another aspect that you wanted to tuck in there? I know in the next section, we're really going to talk about the nativity and dive into all those symbols, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, is there anything else you want to add in our little bit of our little sliver here?
1: Um, I think I would just say that, you know, yoga in Yogananda's writings, you know, he talks about the different levels of approaching scripture, you know, historical. Um psychological, you know, so we look at the historical significance, what actually happened. We look at psychological level, which gives us ethics and some insight into nature of the mind. And then there is the metaphysical and intuitional uh, approach to Scripture, which he took. And he said, you can't really understand what Jesus taught until you know how to enter into the consciousness that he was teaching from.
2: Wow. That's great. And with that, we'll come to the break. You're listening to the Yoga Hour. My guest today is author, poet, and spiritual teacher Yogacharya O'Brien, and we're be- we've been discussing her new ebook, Path of Wonder: A Meditator's Guide to Advent. Yogacharya offers many online classes and programs and has authored several books, which you can learn more about at her website ellengraceobrien.com. And also find out the programs from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment at their website, csecenter.org. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, producer and host of the show. When we come back from the break, we'll explore the rich symbolism of Advent and how it can help us to deepen our meditation practice. We'll be right back.
0: Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: Welcome back to the Yoga Hour Insights and Practices for Spiritually Conscious Living.
2: Welcome back from the break. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, and I'm here today with Yoga Hour founder and spiritual director, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, discussing the deeper meaning of Advent from a meditator's perspective. You can get a copy of her new ebook, Path of Wonder, A Meditator's Guide to Advent, from her website, ellengraceobrien.com. So, Yogacharya O'Brien, you write, One of the great promises of the advent of Christ consciousness is healing. One of the great promises of the advent of Christ consciousness is healing. The ego limits, divides, and turns away from imperfection. But the Christ consciousness reveals wholeness and brings healing amid brokenness. What was once considered impossible becomes possible with God. During the days of advent, cultivate a greater receptivity to healing. So I wanted to um, talk about healing. And you wrote a lovely story about the lamb that came in your uh, new nativity scene. And I thought it would be fun to share that with listeners.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I wrote uh, in the new book, The Path of Wonder, about an experience I had with ordering a new nativity set, which, of course, has, you know, Mary and Jesus, the baby Jesus and um, Joseph, the wise men, the shepherds, and and then all the animals that are there in the nativity scene. And as I was unpacking that box and just, you know, marveling at the beautiful carving, they're made of olive wood, I think. Um, and uh, the last little piece that I took out was this precious little standing lamb, this tiny little lamb, um, but its back leg had broken in transit and um I remember you know just feeling kind of the disappointment you know here's the perfect set right and now it's broken and um so you know the first thought is well I could send it back and get another one and and um but I I felt that sort of call to know it could be mended you know, it, and for me, that call towards mending or healing is just inherent in the season, you know, in the Advent season as we prepare you know, for this awareness of God um, fully in our lives. And uh, I remember then a story of Sri Ramakrishna Parman, who um, the way it, he was the temple priest at Dakshineshwar. And uh, evidently, you know, one of the pundits, one of the priests who was there uh, was moving a statue of Murti of Lord Krishna and dropped it (laughs) and broke it. And um, according to teachings, it is considered inauspicious to worship uh, a damaged um, uh, image of the Lord and so they the the priests other priests got together and they thought well we should you know um get rid of this statue of krishna and uh you know put it off in the ganges (laughs) to go back to nature and get another one and ramakrishna said which was against tradition um he said you know if you had a child um with a broken leg, <laughs> you, you wouldn't replace the child, and uh, so then the story goes that he replaced that he mended the statue himself, and uh, that that it stayed um, in the temple. So he he demonstrated. This importance of um, the ability to heal and to transform, which, of course, is the message of Advent for us, this ability to heal and to transform. And I want to say something about that uh, healing and transformation, um, that really the spiritual experience of healing is is man may be and likely is different than what we expect on a material level. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have what we want, you know, at a mental, physical level. um, And we sort of cling to that and we ask God, you know, for that. But the healing that comes is very often um, more expansive than that. It's not limited to that, to that level. Um, Sometimes I feel at the end of the year, you know, which also coincides with this, this pilgrimage time of Advent, I, I feel like. All of my um, failures, you know, from this year or even years past, you know, that I feel like sort of follow me around. Um, they kind of move in with me like roommates that I don't like at this time <laughs> of the year. and I and I can't get rid of them. you know, they're in my mind and I think about things that I didn't do, that I said I would do, or things that I did that I wish I hadn't done. And so it's like these bad roommates that are there and I I don't know how to get rid of them. Well, the healing that comes, you know, through this lifting of our consciousness to the Christ consciousness to Kutasta Chaitanya is an an expansion in a sense that, you know, if we use my metaphor would make a bigger house, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, that that these bad roommates um, have a space. So it's not like you get rid of that, um, but you you somehow learn to live in a more expanded consciousness, which brings everything into harmony, everything into peace. And so we have this idea that healing is kind of like resolution. It's tying everything up in a tidy way, but that's not been my experience. Um, In other words, like we don't get rid of the past, but it becomes transformed in our consciousness. And that
2: is the healing. Mm. I think this is such a valuable thing to point to and certainly something that I helped people with all the time in my years as a practicing physician, because people often develop, for example, medical conditions that aren't healable. They are treatable they can be lived with and sometimes they can't. I mean sometimes people are coping with a, you know, metastatic cancer diagnosis or what have you. But the interesting thing to point to is that healing and wholeness is still possible and that it that there are other levels besides just the physical level that can be um that can mend your heart and, you know, touch your soul and open you to these wonderful experiences that as you said, opening up our ideas of healing Mm -hmm. opening up ideas of healing and not insisting that it look a certain way Mm -hmm. can be incredibly helpful in people coming to grips Mm -hmm. with things that are not not the way we want them to be and certainly Mm -hmm. there's a lot about this past year that has not been the way we want it to be yeah
1: absolutely and, you know, we've been talking about Advent and, and some people may be totally new to what that is. Um, I mean, people, of course, are familiar with Christmas, but many have never even heard of this piece of it that is Advent. You know, an Advent means the coming or arrival uh, of the Christ. And so it is the four in the Christian tradition. It is the four weeks, you know, preceding Christmas where, you um, people who take it up as a sadhana as a holy practice are are engaged in contemplation and ritual and um you know contemplation of their scriptures that have to do with this period of time as preparation of the heart and the mind for this birth of the christ within us
2: Mm -hmm. your book is really beautiful in that it gives different practices on a weekly basis and on a daily basis for us to do during advent. And obviously, we're this is December 17th that we're recording the show and so people are going to be listening to it over the next, you know, period of time. I'm just wanting to verify it's not too late. It's not too late if you haven't started your advent practice even though time has, you know, advent has been going on for a while. We still there's still time. Do you agree?
1: Absolutely, um, there is definitely still time, and uh, there's time, of course, to take up the contemplation and the meditation, to engage in um, uh, the meditation that Yogananda inspired. You know, the the worldwide uh, all day meditation, which you can participate you know, any part of it that you, that you like, but also you could think of your practice if you're just entering into this in a sense as planting a seed. So this is a practice that I have been engaged in, you know, for decades. Um, And it has evolved, you know, over time uh, with me and deepened uh, for me. And, you know, if you, I mean, another reason why I wanted to write this book and get this out there is that Christmas can be, um, a time of great stress and disappointment for people, you know, without the spiritual root. And a lot of people do celebrate Christmas as a cultural or family holiday. And, you know, while there are, you know, certainly, um, sweet and loving things that happen around gathering family and with friends, there's also a lot of conflict <laughs> that goes on. You know, there's a lot of stress, you know, around buying and getting and doing. Um, and so I, I just, you know, I, I have said, you know, to to yogis, you know, to students who study with me that trying to have, you know, Christmas without Advent is like trying to have Samadhi without meditation. So, you know, you miss out on so much without really seeing it as the holy um, pilgrimage that that it is. And then when you arrive at Christmas after really doing some inner work during Advent, you really can see in a much stronger way this light shining in your family, this light shining in our world. Um, so instead of you know like something that you buy, you prepare, you work and then people come over, they open presents, they eat dinner and then then you're exhausted. It's over. Um there is this spiritual
2: depth that totally transforms that experience. Mm-hmm. And it strikes me this is a wonderful year to really explore that since a lot of the outer trappings, a lot of those family gatherings and et cetera will not be happening this year because of the pandemic. And we still have all of this room, all of this spaciousness with our inner work. Mm-hmm. And so it's a it's it's still not only possible but perhaps you know really really helpful to be able to to move into that space and feel that spaciousness of exploring Christmas on a different level rather than just feeling sad and bereft of the things that the ways it's not going to be like it was in the past.
1: Absolutely, are disappointed that uh, packages that don't arrive on time, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: So now I really want to turn our focus to the nativity scene. And as I've been sharing with you, uh, my mom who died in 2011 was an avid collector of folk art and in particular nativity scenes. So when she passed, I ended up with many of them and I really love having them out during this uh, Christmas season. So there are really, really interesting variations in the nativity scenes that I have. One of them, uh, is uh, has camels that brought the wise men another actually is from an Indian village and then though in that one the wise men came on horses so there's the three horses that also has a bear and a uh, buffalo uh, in addition to the more traditional lambs <laughs> so I've I'm, I'm really been enjoying reflecting on the inner meaning of these nativity scenes I thought it'd be lovely to discuss that for our listeners so First of all, you point out that in a nativity scene, they're designed really for all of the figures to face the Christ child, which is symbolic of our own Christ consciousness, as we've been discussing. So why is that important?
1: There's so much that we can uh, uncover, you know, if we want to use that as a symbol for contemplation. You know, we look at the different um, elements in the story as reflections of different parts of our own psyche. You know, the animals as our lower drives, (laughs) the, you know, shepherds as our feminine side, our intuition, our devotion, uh, the wise men as our uh, discernment, you know, that higher Higher mind, um, you know Mary as surrendered devotion, Joseph as the protector of new life. You know all parts of us, and even the um, the star and the manger itself. And the manger represents this consciousness. You know the mind, mind field that can that is purified in a sense that can hold the Christ consciousness that can reflect it. So you know each of these components of the story uh reflect you know parts of us and you you mentioned how i talked about m- most of the sets that i've seen are designed to have these pieces i was looking at mine and just was very aware of that that they're sort of curved in the way that you set it up and certainly in the classic representations of the scenes that we see in art um, everything is facing the christ and a sort of like drawn magnetically and that you as an artist onlooker are drawn magnetically into the center of being and really for a yogi you know we could understand that as a meditating mind as a mind on samadhi (laughs) meaning that all the parts of us you know the lower drives the the awakened intuition the faculty of discernment are all meditating are all there's a stillness focused upon the inner Christ. So this is the experience of, of Samadhi, you know, and I was talking in my satsang about it this week. I said, you know, we don't see any, uh, anybody like looking around because they're bored at the nativity scene, you know, and (laughs) even the animals, you know, are not wandering off. Usually they're sitting. So it's a beautiful uh, depiction really of a meditating mind or, uh you could think of it as samadhi
2: which means to bring together completely Mm, beautiful so one of the other elements that you didn't mention is the angels several of mine have angels you know that are in them so what's the symbolism of the angels well
1: angels uh, you know uh, you've heard the phrase probably angels of our inspiration you know uh or our better angels, you know, which are our thoughts. You know, angels represent the inspired thoughts, um, the divine thoughts, or the soul promptings that come in the purified uh, mental field. So some of the images of Mary um, <clears throat> that are really lovely. When I do when I do the workshop that I do for Advent, we have a lot of classic uh, art. And in many of them, you see um, the sort of wispy uh, presence of Gabriel right at her ear. You know, in a sense, like speaking into her ear, um, and that, to me, you know, is <clears throat> a graphic depiction of what it's like to receive a higher inspiration you know like the like the word of god being revealed to you in the depths of your
2: contemplation so one thing that listeners can do if they haven't already is to find a symbol a, a representation of the nativity and as you point out in the book there's many so many people may have a nativity scene that they can set up or maybe it's already set up but there's all, also just Christmas cards often will have a a depiction of the nativity works of art are there's lots and lots of uh, depictions of the nativity and so uh, what would you recommend as people get this image how can we how can we use it during this time
1: well the same way that we contemplate scripture or are simply open you know have a mindful awareness of life we can notice what comes to us, you know, what occurs and, and and what what draws us. So even if you know a friend sends you a Christmas card and it has an image on it, and if that image, you know, sort of inspires you. You can inquire more deeply, you know, what is it that interests you about that? You can pray with it like you would pray with scripture that you don't quite understand and see, you know, what is revealed. So I talked about my experience of setting up, uh, unpacking the nativity, the lamb with the broken leg that I felt moved to heal. So a natural progression of that experience would be, you know, what is it in my life that I'm ready to heal? Um mm-hmm. And you know, so you just take the experience you're having, you know, or what is drawing you, or what comes to you, or what is mysterious to you that you don't get, and then take it into uh, your your contemplation. And a good time for that is is after meditation. Mm
2: -hmm. Lovely. So, in addition to getting a copy of your new ebook, Path of Wonder. Um what other steps would you recommend? We've talked about the the um nativity scene contemplation. you just mentioned lovely ideas about you know exploring things that are that are mysterious to you um any other tips for people who may be just beginning this exploration of advent?
1: Of course, meditation we will point back to that you know, meditating every day and then as Yogananda advised um during this season, meditating a little longer with intentionality and a willingness to experience Christ consciousness and to know what is possible for you. So this is, you know, we started out in the beginning with the, his quote about, you know, outgrowing the limited uh, consciousness, the, the limited awareness of uh, of Christ, the limited concept of Christ. And in order to do that, You know, we have to experience it for ourselves. We have to have the direct experience of the Christ consciousness. So meditation is really the principal tool for that. So, you know, entering into sort of a contemplation of the season, uh, mindfulness of your own life. You know, what is uh, occurring in your life uh, at this time? You know, how is God calling you to healing or to a greater awareness meditating you know contemplating um and then you know i think asking what is most meaningful you know not simply going through the motions of the holidays or the holy days um but what is most what really deeply calls you um towards towards action and it might be you know a gift for a friend but it it would be in a deeper way, you know?
2: Mm. Indeed. So we've come to the last few minutes and I wanted to give you an opportunity to leave some words of encouragement or inspiration with our listeners.
1: Thank you for that. Thank you for this opportunity to really delve into the beautiful mystery of the seasons uh, of the of the symbols of this season and uh, I, I want to say that you know the reality of God is around us and within each and every one of us and is the strength of our strength it is the light of the world and as you know The saints have taught in our Kriya Yoga tradition, you know, you can experience that and you can know it directly for yourself. And the traditions, you know, whether they're from the East, the symbols, um, the the scriptures or from the West, the symbols and the scriptures are all pointing to that same reality. Mm. And that reality is not outside of us. That reality is the self of ourself, the timeless, the eternal. And so we, we are called to realize that, um, to know that so that we can live in freedom. We can live in the joy of self-knowing, even in the most difficult
2: times. Thank you so much for that. You've been listening to The Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, host and producer of the show. and We've been discussing A Meditator's Guide to Advent with The Yoga Hour's founder and spiritual director, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Yogacharya O'Brien is an internationally acclaimed spiritual teacher, author, poet, and the e-book we've been talking about is Path of Wonder available at her website, ellengraceobryan.com, where you can also find out about her many other books and online programs. You can also hear many of her online talks on her YouTube channel, Ellen Grace O'Brien. So thank you so much for this conversation, Yogacharya. I've really enjoyed speaking with you and diving into this uh, wonderful symbolism that is uh, a way that we can enrich our yoga and meditation practice. Thank you
1: so much. It's been a joy to be with you. And I wish all of the listeners uh, to Yoga Hour a season of peace and of healing and of great abundance of love and blessing.
2: I also wanted to remind people about the 2020 Worldwide Meditation for the Holy Days with Yogacharya O'Brien and Kriya Yoga ministers from around the world, which is going to be on Wednesday, December 23rd, 2020, from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., although people are invited and encouraged to attend whatever portion that they can. You can find out more about the Meditation for the Holy Days at csecenter.org. Also, there are many, many online programs offered by Yogacharya O'Brien and the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, including morning meditation, which occurs daily from 6.30 to 7.30 a.m. Pacific. Also, weekday afternoon meditation from 4 to 4.30 p.m. Pacific and Sunday morning programs, satsangs with Yogacharya O'Brien and other CSE ministers from 10 to 11 a.m. Pacific. Join us next time when I will be joined by Beth Spindler, a practicing yoga therapist, yoga teacher, and author. We will be discussing Courageous Living, yoga's tools for releasing anxiety and fear. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment. Again, you can find out more about CSE from their website, csecenter.org. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team. And I look forward to being with you again. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio,
0: the voice of an awakening world.